So, oh yeah, I can tell now. So, and then, of course, the last one, like I said, is chariots of light. And all, all we're praying for is the good weather, okay? Crowds coming in to hear the Word of God, because that's what Brother Jerry's going to preach. And then safety on the ride for everybody, whether they're riding a bike, in a car, whatever. And then the third thing is equipment, no equipment failure. In other words, no bikes break down, uh, nobody has a flat. In other words, nothing to hamper the flow of God in whatever area it's in. So that's the things I want you to keep on your mind, and we'll pray at the end. And uh, we're going to start off just praying over these needs in the Spirit. Amen? Because we don't know what all they need. I don't know what Bernie's wife's needs. I don't know what Jody might have need of, okay? Now, Robbie, I know pretty well what Robbie's mom needs. She needs healing in her body just like Brother Jerry had. Amen? You know, I, when I see stroke people, I see it totally different now. I'll see somebody come in holding that arm, you know, can't hardly walk or on a cane. And I totally see it totally different because I know there's a direct 100% healing for that because I've seen it. Amen. And I know we're not supposed to go by sight, but sometimes sight does build our faith. Okay. All right. Now, how many brought their books? Don't, you, don't, you didn't have to because I didn't even know I was teaching until yesterday. Amen. <laughs> So I thought I had time to do much of anything, okay? And I want to I talk to you this morning, and then we'll get back into the book, and it goes right along with the book. Spirit-led ministry. What is that? Spirit-led ministry. Now, this little book is really more to five-fold ministry and all of us on what our personal ministry is. Okay, that's with our family. That's with whatever we're called to do, even outside the ministry. And then it's the ministry. And... Uh, I was, I, we, we took off for Alaska about oh, a couple, three, four weeks ago, I guess. And Brother Jerry stopped over in uh, Seattle. I went on to Alaska. And so I get to Alaska. So now we're talking about spirit-led ministry. Amen? Spirit-led ministry. So we get there. And so I'm okay. I, I get in the hotel. I get everything set up. I get Brother Jerry's drink made up. You know, I get everything that I'm called to do, my part for Brother Jerry to minister, I have it all done, okay? The, the lemon drink's made up, all that's done, okay? Got his cough drops laying out, got the hankies laying out, it's all prepared, all I gotta do is stick them in my jacket when we go to the service, all right? And so I wake up early the next morning. Now, they're, they're three hours earlier than we are, okay? So... When it was 7 o'clock, it was, let's see, that'd be 4 o'clock there. I woke up at 4 o'clock because I don't even hardly sleep till 7 o'clock, let alone, you know. And so I woke up at 4. I'm wide awake. And so I started doing what I normally told you that I usually do. I started putting my music on. I had my music playing real soft because I didn't know who was in the next room or how thick the walls were, So, I, but I could hear it and enjoying the music and I'd pick other songs, and then I remember a song I heard maybe Cassie do, so I'd pull that up and put on my, my music, you know, and, and I'm enjoying just being with the Lord in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord said, uh, get ready, and so I started praying in the Spirit, because that's how I get ready for Brother Jerry's. I want to know, I want to be in tune with what Brother Jerry's going to do, even though he don't talk to me about it. I can know what he's going to do without knowing what he's going to do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. So I just started praying in the Spirit. And uh, that's it. 
6.30 in the morning, I get a call from Brother Jerry. Brother Jerry said, Joe, not going to make it. I said, really? You know, how many know? God knows everything. What's my part? Okay. What's Brother Jerry's part? What's your part right now? Whether you're in the ministry or not, what's your part? In anything God is doing that's from God. So he said, Joe, can't make it. You're going to have to do the services. Now, instant, in season, all time. Amen, right? Right? Now, it would be real easy to just say, okay, you know, I preached last year, I preached about 47 probably messages. I'm just going to pull one of those. You can do that. If God tells you, you can do that. But if God doesn't tell you what he did, then you've got another phase. I've got to pray in the Spirit and find out what's my part with this congregation. These partners that's coming in. I mean, we've advertised this. Luke's put it all over the Internet. It's went all over. And they're going to come in expecting to see Dr. Savell, not Brother Joe. <laughs> Amen. But there's some things that have to happen before we even plan. Number one, the minister of the church has to say, yes, we're going to go ahead and have the meeting. He has the right to cancel that meeting. Amen? So I started praying about three different things. Number one, Lord, I'm going to pray in the Spirit because that's your perfect prayer and I'm going to get the perfect answer. So praying in the Spirit is, number one, am I going to be doing the meeting? Number two, what am I going to be doing in the meeting? And number three is, is the pastor going to receive us? Okay? Now, you can't take thought of those and you can't worry about it. I can't do a thing except pray. I can't make it work. That pastor doesn't know me at all. I don't know him. It's not like going to a church where maybe we know the people and they know you and you maybe even ministered to it, but we haven't. So it all has to be done through the leading of the Holy Spirit and through prayer and through praising God. Praise you, Lord. I know you got it all in control because you knew this before I was ever born. Now, if he didn't know it before I was ever born, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Amen? But he does. He knows everything. He knows your part. He knows his part. And so, Brother Jerry said, call the pastor. Oh, no. Oh, no. Brother Jerry, you call the pastor. You know, how many know? You know, but... I'm there to, I know my part with Brother Jerry is to serve him. So I don't have to question, do I need to call the pastor? I might not want to. I might not even know, what am I going to say? Amen. That's when, when you open your mouth, the Holy Spirit will fill your mouth with what you're to say. So the pastor called. I called the pastor. I said, Pastor, we got a couple of things I need to talk to you about. Number one, Brother Jerry's not going to make it. And I heard a silence. Okay, how I many you know? Give him a little time. Okay, give him a little time. Don't, don't, you don't want a quick decision. And here's what I said hold it. You don't have to make a decision right now. I'm going to tell you the circumstances, then you call me back. And Brother Jerry will call you, but it's going to be later after he knows I talked to you. And so I told him what was going on, you know, and, he, and I said, You pray about it. Don't give me an answer right now. Pray about it. What am I doing? I'm letting him now get in the presence of God. Because if he didn't hear I'm supposed to be there, I don't want to be there. Amen? And so uh, just a little bit, he calls me back and he said, Brother Joe, 
he said, uh, I'm fine with that. He doesn't know me, okay? And I said, well, okay, you're fine with it. I'm fine with it. He said, uh, I'll, we'll pick you up, told me time and all that. And I said, well, Brother Jerry's going to be calling you. So as soon as he called me, I text Brother Jerry, and I said, Brother Jerry, he knows, and we are going on with the meetings. Now, we still got partners coming from everywhere in into Alaska to be in that meeting, okay? So now you got his church people, okay? Then you got the partners, all right? And so uh, basically, I started studying then about, Lord, what, what, uh, what do I need to do? And he spoke to me just as clear as ever. He said, you know your part, and you know my part. You don't know how we're going to do it yet, but you know when you hear. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, and you'll obey. Yes, sir. He said, so I want you to teach the people on how to know their part in whatever they're doing. Not call the five-fold ministry. What about if they're getting ready to start school? What if they're taking school? What if they need a car? What, no matter what it is, what's your part? What's God's part? Now, all through this book, if you really look at what I'm just talking about now, and I want you to look at it in a different way, you see what would be in your part and what would be God's part. You can see it all through the scriptures. Now, we know that God's part is talking to us through the word, through prophetic word, through the song, through the Bible. I mean, it's all going to be lined up with the Bible. Our part is to obey. And it's just really as simple as that. You might not know what all to do to obey but if you're in the presence of God he'll lead you through through steps and we all know that that's how visions get accomplished so the first night I went in I sat down I started praying I had no outline on that but yet it's so in me that I knew how I get in the presence of God to find out what my part is in a service and what my part is not you know you've heard us tell the story I think I don't know but we were in uh, California and we were in one of our meetings with Brother Jesse and Brother Jerry. And I'm thinking it was in Pasadena or one of them. It was, there was four or five locations that we used to go to. And one of the ushers come up and said, this lady, her baby is terminal. And she wants prayer for the baby. I walked over there, you know, and I said, okay, not going to bring the baby up until I instruct you to bring the baby up. Then I'll call you up when the right due season's there. Now, see, there's my part. I know when to take somebody up to Brother Jerry or not. If I don't feel good in my spirit and I know it's not time, there's always a due season, so okay, I'm not going to take him up and interrupt his flow of the spirit. Okay, now we're talking, but it doesn't matter if it's things you're doing at your house. It's the same thing. And so at the right time, I knew it was the right time, I walked up and she was back over here, and the Lord said, you better get ready. I said, for what? He said, she's going to throw that baby. And when she does, you're going to grab her and lift her up off the ground, and you're going to catch the baby. I said, at the same time? <laughs> he said, yeah. Now, okay, listen, listen. I'm not going to worry about how I'm going to do that, because he says I am. So it's his power that I'm getting on. I'm, I'm drawn from his power, not my power. I can't be concerned with how am I going to do that. If I know it's going to happen, then I'm prepared for it, but I don't know how I'm going to do it. Sure enough, she came up. First thing she did, she, 
she was possessed through that baby up. Now, I never picked up on her possession when I talked to her. That's how, that's how deceiving it was. It was a very strong spirit. Never picked up on it, okay? She threw that baby. I grabbed her and lifted her all the way up off the ground. Her feet were not on the ground. Caught the baby with this hand and held it back, and an usher took the baby. I didn't know an usher was going to be behind me. What am I saying? When you're in tune to what your part is, you don't have to make it work. He does. You, us as a staff has to put our reasoning out of it and put his plan into it. And that's when it will be so fruitful that you can't even imagine what will take place. Now, I've got her up in the air, and Brother Jerry and Brother Jesse come a-running, and they cast the demon out of her, got her set free. Amen? I'm talking about you won't always know, but you'll have an indication. You'll have a peace in here. Then when you hear, you only do what he told you to do. That's how you do your part, and he does his part. And all the glory goes to him, not you. Amen? I don't think in my natural I could have done that. Amen? I do know instances where angelic hosts have been around. I don't know if it was really that time, but I do know it was God's power that it was all being done. Amen? So anyway, so uh, we get to the meeting in Alaska, and so uh, when the crowd comes in, you know, and I'm the only one sitting in the front, you know, and everybody's looking at, well, who's this? You know, because half the partners I didn't know from Alaska. Now, I knew some of them, but I didn't know all of them. And so uh, when I came in, the pastor went up and he said, now, we had Brother Jerry can't be here. So we're going to tell you right up front, Brother Jerry couldn't be here, but he sent one of his representatives, and he said, we're going to have good meetings. He confessed it right off. We all agreed. So I got up, and I said, now, I'm the closest thing you're going to get to Jerry Savelle, other than Miss Carolyn. I said, and then I just went into how many years we've been together. We've known our, each other all our lives. We were favorite cousins, went right all in through. And I said, but if you come to hear a man, you're going to be disappointed. Everybody looked, and I said, but if you come to be fed the word with gifts of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be disappointed. So what I do? Turn it right over to the Lord. What's my part, Lord? I don't know yet. I got a couple of things during praise and worship. So I know kind of what to start off with. So we started off teaching them how you know your part. And I'm going to tell you people, there's only one way you're going to know it. You ain't going to know it by your talents. You might know the way the world would do it. You're not going to know it by your talents. You're going to know it by getting in the presence of God. And that's the only way. And sometimes it happened real quick because you don't have very long. I mean, if it's an emergency and maybe a life or death, you might not have very long. It doesn't take God very long. Then there's other times you're going to have to spend maybe a couple days, maybe longer, finding out the answer. But he has an answer for everything. So what we started teaching on was how to know your part and how to recognize what God's part was and what your part was. Amen? So that's what we started doing. I didn't really know what kind of illustrations we were going to use, what God was going to pull out. You know, in your reserve is all your life. Your book of Acts is right here. Amen? And he can pull any of that out for you to use to make an example of any kind. And that can be something to where you've seen God's mighty hand work and really all you did was maybe obey. That's all. 
You might not have had nothing to do with it. Then there's other times you had to do a lot with it. And so during that time, I taught them about how to get in God's presence. And like I said, I just use some things of mine that where I can get in His presence easy is I like to start my morning off that way when I get up. And that way, a lot of times, I'll go out on the back porch. Joyce can tell you, I'll put my little speaker out there. I'll turn my music on. I love music, and I want word music. So the more word music coming in, I'm getting in his presence to where I can hear word and not country western. I'm nothing against country western, okay? Nothing against old rock, okay? Nothing against any of that. That's not what I want in me to get in the presence of God to where I hear his word. So I start off with that. I'll get my, my, I always have my iPad close to me where I can make a note. Because when I hear him, I don't care how, it could be one word, it could be a whole sentence, I want to get that down where I will not forget it. Amen? Well, one night in this service, I wake up uh, and the Lord said, I'm going to do something a little different tonight. But he didn't say what it was. So all I did was I prayed I got ready. I spent my time in prayer. Uh, I, knew, I knew what five steps I was going to talk about, about how to get where you know your part and you'll know his part. I had those five steps down, so I knew I could go with one step, then next night I'd go two steps, you know, and then next night I'd maybe cover three. Then when I got to the last night, four and five together. So I had that as far as teaching. No illustrations, nothing in me as far as whatever he would want me to say to go with what I was getting ready to present. And every night, they would just come out, okay? None of it on my notes, none of it planned, until maybe I'm sitting like where Jeremiah was, and we're in praise and worship, and all of a sudden he speaks three things. And I write all three of them down in my notes real quick, because I didn't want to forget them. And they were illustrations that maybe happened a week ago, or 30 years ago. And I thought... Hadn't used some of these illustrations, and I don't know when. Well, in the meeting was a couple of people that had went to uh, Africa with us. Uh, Rob uh, uh, Deadman, uh, you guys know Rob, and uh, Rob was in the me every meeting. Rob was there, and some of the illustrations that come up, it was it took me back to when Rob was on the first meeting with us, and. Uh, and it only could be God because some of the things we did made no sense in the natural at all, you know. So I'm talking about knowing our part and his part. And I took it back to the time I said, now, Rob, stand up. And Rob stood up. And I had everybody. I said, Rob's been to Africa with us. He's been through our Bible school, two-year student. And I said, so I just want you to listen to some of the things that we had to do when we're on a trip one time. And this trip was, we had went to Tanzania, one of the first trips. We didn't take a lot of people with us, but I think him and his two brothers were maybe on that trip. And we went way, way up into the Muslim strongholds. Well, in the village we were in, street kids were wild as could be. I'm talking wild. They, they knew nothing about God. I don't even know if they knew much about anything other than they were wild. They run the streets. There would be just groups of them together, and they would see what they could get into. And I mean, just to get them together, maybe to minister to them, was almost impossible because of the rowdiness they were. And they were just normal, younger kids, you know. And so Rob said, Joe, 
can I do the service for the street kids? And Rob had done, in one of the churches that I'm very close to, he had done their youth, uh, their, their young kids. And he did puppets. And I said, yeah. I said, that, that's a God idea. So I said, okay, how are we going to do it? And he said, well, I only got one puppet. I said, one puppet? I said, how are you going to do a puppet show with one puppet? You know, he said, well, I got one puppet. I brought it. How many know God will use what you got? Amen. You think you got to have more. All of us always do. You use what you got. And so I said, well, okay, let's get a strategy together. And so he said, well, first of all, we got to get them settled down where they listen. And I said, well, boy, I don't know how we're going to do that unless God does. See, our rationing is, how are you going to get these kids set down? Now, they knew we were going to give them candy, but they didn't know when we were going to do it. And you can have a stampede giving candy out. Amen? You almost have a riot giving candy out. Okay? I mean, if you don't have enough candy, you're in trouble. All right? Because when they come out, they're coming out of the woodwork. And I'm, I'm serious. Woodwork. Amen? The bush. That's right, isn't it? it, it the adults. Oh, the adults got on to us one time because we went in and gave all the kids candy. And they said, well, what about us adults? We like candy. We brought candy for them the next time. Amen. So me and Rob's here and we're praying. And the Lord said, put down the holy tarp. I said, the what? The holy tarp. I said, are you talking about a tarp like you put on a trailer? You know, the secure, yeah, put down the holy tarp. I said, we don't even have a tarp let alone a holy tarp. And I thought, Aladdin is not here. Amen? You know? So, so I, in the meeting, where everybody's there. Gary's there, you know, all of Barnabas is all there. All, I said, do we have a tarp? They said, we have a tarp. I said, is it a big tarp? They said, oh, yeah, it's a great, great big tarp. I said, well, somebody go get it and bring that thing in here. We're getting ready to make that thing holy. How do you make it holy? You get these hands on it. You pray anointings into that thing. You pray anything that was on it out of it before it gets ready to sit down. This makes no sense at all. None of it. And so we go and we lay the tarp out for all these kids. They're all coming for the candy. Okay? But we're not going to give them the candy. It's kind of like the slab. You're not giving them the food till they hear the word. Amen? And so they all came. So we told them, okay, you got to get on God's tarp. I didn't know if they knew what God was even, even was. And you've got, when you get on this tarp, you've got to behave. I had to explain what behaving was. And I said, but once you sit down on it, this is the holy tarp. It wasn't no more holy than anything. <laughs> it was only God gave us the idea and it was going to work. It was a tarp. I'm going to tell you, Rob and me both, not only us, but all the ones that, when those kids got on the tarp, it changed. They sat down. There was no more commotion. There was no screaming, no yelling, no jumping. My mouth probably fell this far down. <laughs> how many know when God tells us to do things, we really have no idea how it's going to work or what it's going to do. All right? They're all there. We got one puppet. 
so I said, well, okay, Rob, now we've already made our strategies. He said, Joe, you're the preacher. I said, I can do that. He said, I've got the bird. <laughs> I said, well, what am I going to do? He said, you're going to get the bird saved. I said, so is this bird mean? He said, yeah. He went through the kids with this mean bird pecking on them on the tarp. And I said, holy, I said, this is a holy tarp. Bird, you're not allowed there. The kids are allowed there. You're not allowed there. So Rob would back off. Now, we're, we're ab-living. In other words, we're flowing in the Holy Ghost, not having any idea how to do it or what we're doing. What we did establish was that is a very mean bird. And the kids would even scream when he was coming that way. But he never could get back on the tarp. What are we doing? We're setting them up to get saved. Being under the power of God. Being under His shield. Being under His covering. We got 120 of the kids saved that night. 120 received Jesus. Amen. We gave, then Rob had brought some little crosses that lit up. They lit up. Every one of the kids that got saved, we give them the cross that they put around their, and it lit up. But then we had, the Lord said, now explain to them it's not witchcraft. I said, is that supposed, is something that lights up supposed to be witchcraft? He said, here it is. Had to explain to them this is not witchcraft. This is God's light that's in you, shining out of you to the world. You don't think those things up, people. They're coming out of here. They're coming out of what God wants you to say. Amen. The next night, the kids come for two different reasons. They brought their friends, and they wanted crosses and candy and to get saved. And they went on the holy mat. You can't think things like that up. You tell stories like that, it sounds so out of the ordinary. But you know what? We serve an out of the ordinary God. What will work in one church might not work in another church. What works in one ministry might not work in another ministry. So we had to find out what was our part, then God had to do His part. He still gets all the glory, and there will always be fruit off of it when you find your part and you do what he tells you to do. So this is kind of what we did. And those illustrations come out, not just one of them, but more than one of them, okay? And, and Rob was included in that because some of the illustrations come out were so extraordinary on that first trip. And then one of the times in Montana where Rob wasn't even there, but his dad was. And so this all started coming out. But what are we doing? We're imparting into people. It doesn't matter where they came from. Doesn't matter if they came as a visitor to that church, part of that church. We're imparting to them how you can know your part. And God will do His part and come together as the body of Christ working and getting the visions all done no matter what they are. Amen. Well, on the last night, uh, the Lord had told me the night before, He said, I want you to do prayer cloths. That's, that's, we've done that before. So that's not out of the ordinary. But I hadn't done prayer cloths in I don't know how long. And uh, he said, I want you to do prayer cloths, but I want it a little different tonight. And I said, now what would be different, Lord? And he said, well, some people, I want them to bring an object that they want me to be able to work through, just a point of contact, nothing to do with that object. This object is an iPad, okay? It's, it's just an iPad. It's nothing else. But if you believe it's a point of contact for God to use, and somebody holds it all the time, it becomes an instrument that God can use. Now, 
here we've been teaching all week on knowing your part, knowing God's part. I said, I'm going to tell you God's part. You're going to bring what God tells you to bring. You've got to know your part now. And so, you know, I just assume that probably there are going to be some more prayer cloths. Might be a shirt. Could be a jacket or something, you know, and, and stuff. And I said, now, when you come, you're going to lay them all on the altar. Uh, there was an altar uh, probably three times this size, maybe, maybe a little bit more. And so uh, when they came in, there was a lower section. I said, pile it all around the lower section. Have to up on the top section. And I said, doesn't matter what you bring. All through the night, I'm going to wear some of them, but I'm going to go and I'm going to lay hands on it, just like Paul did, to where it's not the instrument, it's the instrument that God can use. And what you're doing is you're putting your faith in God, not the instrument. And I explained all that to them. Well, I get there that day, and I started looking, and before the service, I'm just up in, on the front row there, and uh, Rob walks up. And Rob said, Brother Joe, God spoke to me so clearly. And I said, well, what did he say, Rob? He said, I've got a lady we have nothing but trouble with in our office. And he said, bring her headset that she answers the phone with and lay it on the altar. Now, she's got that on seven, eight hours a day. That's going to be a point of contact. Now, Rob's faith is in the Lord working, not the, not the headset. That's just a point of contact. And I thought, wow, I've only heard one instance like that, and that was in Africa where the lady brought the phone up for her son in the ladies' meeting. You guys, you remember me and Brother Justin had to go in, and uh, we were the only two men doing sessions, Annette, you, Joyce, I don't remember who else was there, quite a few. But God said a point of contact to do, and she brought a phone. And the next year her son was saved, filled with the Spirit, and in church. Amen? It's not the object, people. It's just a point of contact God can use. I started looking, and as I walked there, I said, Lord, only you can do this kind of stuff. We can't make this happen, because what, you, what I'm seeing is your instructions to those people. They're grabbing hold of it, and they're bringing it. A pocket knife, okay, a billfold, a prayer cloth, a lot of prayer cloths. Okay, a jacket, a tool belt, I, something I'd never seen before, a tool belt full of tools, had his hammer in it, showed me he was a, probably a, a wood craftsman or something like that. And I thought, Lord, no telling what kind of testimonies are going to come in from this, because see, what God tells you to do and you do your part, there will always be a testimony come. The testimony was 120 kids getting saved, really there was more than that. But during all those services, that was the testimony that we can use today. And people can say, well, if God can do something like that through one puppet, if I hear him, he can do that through me. Always in, I want you to catch hold of this. Us here at JSMI, we're instruments God can use to plant a seed. Okay? Leave an impartation. Luke, I love the letter you sent me the other day where the guy came to look at the facility. Amen? And how impressed he was with all the people that he met, the facility, and how he seen how Jerry Savelle Ministries, it happened to be over there. I don't know if he come over and seen the church or not. But uh, it just went on and on. That's impartation. See, somebody can come up to him and tell him something about JSMI. He's got a different view of JSMI. When you go somewhere, 
I always say, Lord, when we go to minister anywhere, in a school or whatever we're going to do, let us leave an impartation. And that's what made my job, when I call it a job, my calling to minister to that church on behalf of Brother Jerry, but I did it with Brother Jerry's vision 100%, never got out of that vision. So what am I doing? Still carrying out what I'm called to do for Brother Jerry. And when we see and we read this book, and let's go to, I think, page 13. And I'm just going to talk about a couple of things, okay? Look at page 13. We went through page 12. And I'm just going to, I marked some things, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can read the whole thing. You already have probably, okay? Um, I went on, on page 13, on maybe a couple lines down, it says, I want real Holy Spirit power active in my life. Okay, that's what you want. How do you get that? You get in the presence of God. You study the Holy Spirit. If you don't know what the Holy Spirit is supposed to do, that's be a good lesson for you to get on what all the attributes of the Holy Spirit is in you. Because everything he says he can do, he can do in you. If you'll allow him and find out your part. Okay, now there could be some parts you're not called to do, but he'll let you know that. He'll let you know the ones you are and you aren't. Okay, just down a little bit from there, it says, uh, but we'll look, he's talking about two different type preachers. One that's just, their, their charisma's good and they entertain, that's all they do. Didn't say they left an impartation at all, that's on page uh, 13. Didn't leave an impartation at all. If they did leave an impartation, wasn't the right one. But then in just a little bit, talks about the second one. But we'll look, it's talking about the men of people in a church looking for a preacher who will minister based on the Word of God, honestly and full of integrity. That's what we want, JSMI. Amen? Then it talks about if any man teaches otherwise, you don't take that and you don't run with it. You will never hear Brother Jerry teach anything that's not in the Word of God. I've been with him all these years, and I have never heard him teach anything that was not in the Word of God. I have heard him teach a whole lot that I got revelation on, that I thought I had even read and still got revelation on. Now, I'm not just talking about uh, Brother, Brother Jerry, Brother Justin. Uh, doesn't matter who the minister is. You might think you know everything about a verse and something totally come up. I love what you ministered, uh, Justin, on the money, the currency. You know, uh, when we were in police work, it wasn't the badge on my, on my lapel. It wasn't the badge at all. It wasn't the gun on my hip. It was a little piece of paper in my back pocket that was signed by whoever the authority was in that county well with god it's not your outward appearance it's his commission he's gave you the mighty commission signed in blood i don't know any of my sheriffs that signed mine in blood okay or any chief of police that signed it in blood but their commission carried power for you to do that vision and most people they thought your power was in your badge power wasn't in your badge that was a representation power wasn't even in your gun but that was a representation, you know, and power wasn't in your handcuffs. All that had to do with it, but it was something, you know. And it's kind of like coming to uh, work this morning. The Lord said we was talking about different objects you use. I wear a headset in my car because my car doesn't have Bluetooth. 2009 doesn't have Bluetooth. So I wear a headset. That headset is no good without the phone. Okay? I mean, I, mean, I can not have my phone. I can say, headset, talk to me. It ain't going to do a thing. It's not going to do one thing. Okay? It's got to have the phone. 
Well, this phone can't do one thing without the power. Oh, hi, Joyce. That lets me know the boss is still in control. Amen. This can't do anything without power. But even if I got the power, it can't do anything without the signal from the main tower. Now, that's us. Amen. I can be the earphone. I can even be the source. I can even be the listening. But I can't be the power. That's him. And I've got power, but it's his power. Amen. All right. We still on the same page? Okay, I'm going to go to 14. And right at the top it said, The bottom line is they are not obeying the truth anymore. That's the one thing we all have to do, whether we're in our jobs or whether we're whatever we do is when we hear from God. If you're in a store and he says, don't buy it, don't buy it. Just don't buy it. Oh, yeah, but I want it. Yeah, well, I, I can tell you where that part would come from, okay? See, there, you've got a flesh side and you've got a spirit side. It doesn't mean you're not supposed to have it. It means it's either not due season or that's not the way God wants it to get to you. Come on. Got ready to buy a new camera to go to South Africa. We were going on a major meeting, and I wanted to make sure I got good footage. I wanted to make sure that I've got the stuff I needed to uh, get it back to Luke and them, how to present it in PC meeting or whatever we were going to do. I went in the store. I, I found it, picked it out, knew everything I wanted with it, got ready to tell Best Buy, yeah, I'll take it. The Lord said, don't buy it. I heard just as clear as could be. I said, Lord, but this is a good price. It'll do what I want to do. See, I'm reasoning now, which is okay. It's okay to reason with God, but you better obey God. Don't let your reasoning lead you the other way. And so I thought, well, okay. So I didn't. I took my old camera. Now, my old camera would do most of it. There was a few things it wouldn't do, but it would do most of it. So I took my old camera. So I get over there, you know, and we start going on the outreaches and I think we had one day where we had a free day and so one of the guys come up and said Joe we want to take you to a certain town I'd never been to and I, they said we're just going to go up and have lunch went up and have lunch but took me into a camera shop they had already got the finances picked the cameras out everything above what I would even picked out above 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 that's not the camera he wanted me to have it would have done what I needed to do but it wasn't the one and they said, we've been talking, and what we want you to do. Now, they thought I was more, uh, uh, that I like Canon maybe more than Nikon. And I said, no, I've got a Canon, but I've got a Nikon. So I said, I'm not stuck in any camera. They said, well, here's what we want to do. We want to buy you the top-of-the-line Nikon with this. And, and it, same, I mean, that's really what I'd looked at. And I said, uh, no, that's really what I've been looking at. That's a newer model, though. I don't think I was looking at that model. They said, this is the latest out. said, the reason we want to do that is when you come over and you bring your Nikon, you don't have to bring the, the lenses that are this big because you can use ours. They fit right on your camera. God had a plan. If I don't hear the plan, I can get in the way. I can still get good. I might even get the acceptable. But I want the perfect will of God. Amen. You understand what we're saying, right? All right. And 14, still on 14. A little while down, he said, he prayed, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, not just part of them, everyone, and increase in the knowledge of God. We're all after that. 
Colossians 1.10. Then on down a little bit. Likewise, we should start our day by praying that our steps and action be pleasing to the Lord and that we come out and whatever comes out of our mouth, we, uh, what we watch and what we read will be pleasing to God. Then right down from that where it says pleasing God, it says make pleasing God the number one part of your life. Let that be a standard in which you make every decision. You know, and I'm going to stop right there because we're going to start praying for the, the needs that we had, and there could be some more. If we see if our motive's right, somebody asked me one time, said, Brother Joe, when you get ready to go into a venture on Brother Jerry's behalf, and there's another ministry or person or whatever, what do you look for? Well, you know, there's a couple of things. We look for integrity. We look for how's it going to work, what's their part, what's our part, and what's God's part. And then the other is what's their motive. If their motive is not godly, you don't want any part of it. And so if you stay with knowing what's pleasing to God in your own life or in the ministry or whatever, you won't have much trouble with knowing that God can use you in the impartation of what you're getting ready to do, no matter what the vision is. There's a lot of time Brother Jerry comes to us, no idea how we're going to do what he says we're going to do, but if we spend time and find out what's pleasing to God, and he gives us the first part of the instructions, which he usually always does. You know, you know, we look at different ways that it's kind of like the other day we were looking at some things to do with the 50th year. And uh, I got to looking at some things that we had in the early years and said, Lord, is there anything in the early years we could bring back in that, you know, we got a lot of young people coming into the kingdom of God. And a lot of them didn't hear Brother Jerry in the early years. A lot of them didn't read Brother Jerry's material. Some of their mom and dads didn't even come in until later. And there's key things that we have that we can bring back in to not only just let people maybe that had read some of the books or a tape, whatever it is, or something we might want to use in the school. That's where we get and say, Lord, would this please you? If it'll please him, it'll work most every time. Let's all stand up now. Amen. I want you to just start praying in the Spirit. God speaks to you or you have something in your spirit, then pray it out in English, you know, or speak it out in English. Hey, you have freedom to do it. I do want you to keep the ones in mind that we talked about. You might have a, you know, a prayer request that you're going to be praying for. We don't have to know about it. We'll come into agreement with the spirit knows everything. There could be some that, you know, if you've got a special projects coming up, I do want us to remember all the kids camps for church because that can change a whole life of a child. When they, I remember the church camps I went to and how it changed my life. I might not have followed all of what they taught me, but it changed my life. And every one of these children going, uh, whether the parents put out the finances for it or whether somebody did it, it's a seed that was planted in them, and we want them to get everything that God has for them, wherever it is. Amen? Let's just start praying in the Spirit. I want everybody to look up now. Just as we were praying, okay, because this is how we get in the presence of God for certain things, and we, we read five of them. Now, there's more. You had some. I heard my part where Robbie, Robbie Howell's mother is 
I'll have to contact Jeff and have Jeff get the book to Robbie. Robbie needs to put it into sound to where she can hear it. She might not be able to read it. She might not be able to even see it, but she can hear it. And so I know my part where that is. That's not the healing part. God's the healer, not us. I know my part. Amen? If you heard something about, like Brian, you might contact his wife and just encourage her or whatever. They have needs. We don't know anything about what some of those are. That's what I'm talking about, knowing your part, and then act upon it. That's all you have to know. Don't do it quick. If you don't know it's God telling you to do it, I'll do mine as soon as I get back to the office. I'll contact Jeff. I'll make sure Jeff does it today. And then Rob, then I'll guarantee you Robbie will do what Jeff instructs him to do. Amen? And then it's Robbie's place to go in and do what his instructions are or whatever God tells him. Amen? You're blessed. Have a blessed day.